Coming soon to a theater near you, it's The Equalizers, a weekly podcast where two idiots drop a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film. My name is Mike Knoll, and I am joined, as always, by the sequel to my prequel, The Ghost of Madison Jones. Madison Jones, are you in good form this week? Uh, excuse me, Mike, let me uh, just put this sushi in my mouth real fast. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Oh. 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 Whoa, whoa. Another one. There we go. Okay. So, the best scene in the movie. So, probably for just Jesse Fleming, who's probably the only other person who's listening to this who has actually watched the movie Christian Mingle, the movie. Uh, very good deep cut bit. Honestly, I thought you were going to do an overly long, awkward prayer, and I thought... That, oh, no. No, I know. I just, for a second, I had this very real fear that you were going to start doing a very weird prayer. Man. Did we say the name of the movie? I mean, we haven't, but it's in the title. They're, it is. That's the, true. The people listening they, to this are... We, we they, do these bits like it's going to introduce the movie, even though the listener has actively participated in looking at the title of the movie. That's true. But yeah, Christian Mingle. Wow. I mean, also, Jesse told us what movie we're doing last week. Exactly. I mean, so, there are... Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Christian Mingle, it's really, really... Bad. ...movie. It's really a movie. They did make this movie, and it was a movie. Written and directed by Corbin Burnson, which most people will recognize as the dad from Psych. Oh, really? Yeah. The bicycle repairman in this movie, who's also the dad from Psych. I didn't know that was his name or that he was that same person. I recognized him as the dad from Psych. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's Corbin Burnson. He wrote and directed this movie. Oh, man. (laughs) Corbin. Yeah. Corbin Dallas. No multi-pass again as a quick refresher for the listener jesse fleming our guest from last week challenged us to watch and equalize christian mingle the movie which came about because i made a facebook post that if 10 of my friends would share our show i would watch and live blog the movie and she was the only person who did it and so with that in mind of jesse being the only person who hated me so much that they would do this to me i live blog to her and restricted it so only she could see it on facebook and uh so she wanted us to spin our magic i'm an innocent bystander in this uh war between you and jesse that's been going on from a millennia we actually had a legitimate conversation when i asked her if she'd be on the show asking her if she wanted to do christian mingle as her pitch and she said at first she said maybe because she didn't want to subject you or she almost didn't even want to do christian mingle at all because she didn't want to subject you to watching this movie. Man, this movie is like... I just got, I keep thinking back to, like... I, it doesn't quite reach the status for me. And I I may have described movies like this. Maybe mm-hmm. Invisible Dad, I said this. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I'm trying to think of, like, other, like, really low-budget movies we've done. We haven't done a lot of low-budget, have we? No, I don't think so. Uh, What was the one? The werewolf one. Oh, Dog Soldiers. Yeah, maybe I said this statement, but some low-budget movies just seem story-driven pornos that 
where the sex never happens. <laughs> and that, that's kind of how you, I would describe this you movie. You have never said that before because I would remember if you had said that <laughs> sentence. Yeah. Low-budget pornos, low-budget story-driven pornos where the sex just never happens. I agree with you, and I think that, honestly, you get a perfect idea of how this movie is going to go just by the opening. We all have stories to tell, our own paths to faith in Christ. Some are kookier than others, like finding Jesus in a piece of driftwood. (laughs) Yeah, more on that in a second. But for me, I didn't see it coming. I thought I was looking for a guy to stick a ring on my finger my Mr. Right, and along the way, something wonderful happened. I found him. That's him with a capital H. Him with a capital H. There are legitimately good jokes in this movie, though. I will say, when she's trying to get uh, her outfit to go on to church with Paul and his family, she holds up this very bland, like, pantsuit skirt combo yeah and she goes is this good and one of her friends says yeah if you're playing margaret thatcher which like yeah. i thought that was legitimately a funny joke i i liked a lot of the jokes during the part where she was having the conversation with god and god was literally like blowing the curtains into her face and that was a very surreal moment during this movie <laughs> where like it, it, it had reached the point in the movie where you're like, wow, this movie's still going? And like I'm like, wow, it just keeps going. Like, what else? And they're adding new shit into the film with after like he breaks up with her. <laughs> yeah. She like loses her job. She already goes through like She quits. I mean, tiny, but yeah. She goes through like her like finding Jesus sort of transformation and everything. And then this whole conversation with God part happens. And then there's another conversation where she and him talk and he says i never want to see you again yeah and it's so i do that brings me to a point i want to talk about yeah before we get into reviews and synopsis and then pitching this damn thing what do you think about paul about paul because i actually like paul i think paul is one of the better characters slash level-headed people in the movie i mean as like a character I, I know what character they're trying to capture with Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I feel the thread uh, where what they were trying to like evolve his character with, where he's this super somewhat sheltered Christian dude who basically his whole life has been sort of guided by his parents mm-hmm. and his whole family. And he's always done what is expected of him within the church and within his life and everything, which leads to a lot of the problems that he has with um gwyneth gwyneth and she calls him out on it at one point towards the end of the movie and is like you should follow your own path you shouldn't follow the path that your parents have led you um and he reacts badly to that and it makes him seem like a huge fucking dick and he's like i don't want to talk to you anymore oh really yeah i actually thought that was a great paul scene you think so yeah because like the phrase he uses because she and we'll get into this kind of a synopsis but she's basically like shit talking him for getting together with this girl that like her parent that he's known his whole life and that his parents want him to get with yeah. and she's like trying to high ground him with religion even though she's been like christian for like a month maybe at the most but he says you spend five minutes carving your way through your jungle to jesus and you think that you have it all figured out and I, I thought that was true though she's getting very like well i'm in with jesus now and you're doing it wrong absolutely but i think why it's hitting on two different like grounds with both of us is because the movie and like i don't know what we were ever supposed to think about gwyneth's character and her like transformation Mm -hmm. because i could also see that whole scene as her being very manipulative 
Yeah, that's the way I kind of took it a little bit. I, I could see her being very manipulative and controlling and trying to get him to break up with her. <laughs> you know, the, the phrase I used with Jesse was, how many ways can you say you should be with me because I love you? Without saying yeah. the words, you should be with me because I love you. Yeah. And that's that's the take I took from it, which but again, I think it is very subjective in the viewing. Yeah. And I think half of why that's landing in maybe like three separate grounds of like interpretation mm-hmm. is because the movie's badly written. <laughs> oh yeah, it's very bad. Yeah. And where I say like but I will say for Paul's character, at least I can get somewhat a grasp of what his character is. Yeah. Her boss, the captain <laughs> dude. <laughs> leader of like a marketing firm sure uh, he's like a ceo of a marketing firm our manager and he's very like hard on his staff and is like you got to get this done now we got to do this but the whole time he has this like b plot where he thinks he's a captain of a boat <laughs> i think it's just supposed to be his like fun little eccentricity is that he is like uh, the admiral or whatever like I don't think it's that he he has like disassociative disorder or something where he believes okay, he's an admiral. But it comes it comes off as that. Totally. Oh yeah, I, I could see that. I suppose. And you know what they were trying to do, and I'm like very convinced of this is in the show How I Met Your Mother. Mm-hmm. There is a character called the Captain, and I think the timelines match up where those episodes of that show were lining <laughs> up right around this time. This uh-huh. came out, and this dude on the show has all these like when anybody's like comes in and he's like captain and he's like at ease and and like sort of like and he also says oh let's take the ship out to water or something like that these like you like sort of euphemisms to everyday life like maritime metaphors and shit i don't know if any of that just made sense last <laughs> night i went to ball state university uh where there was a dude in it who people called captain jack who dressed up like captain jack sparrow and wandered around the village a lot he did i never saw that yeah i didn't either i think it was he did it for a little while and then very earlier in our tenure at ball state he was like banned from the village (laughs) madison do you smell that smell what smells like tomatoes oh my god Here we are. The Lord gaveth us this bad, bad movie, and the Lord also gaveth us some good, good tomatoes. Now I just smell like moldy tomatoes. Thank you, Mike. You're welcome. So we're going to jump right into squishing them tomatoes, uh, Papa style. Papa's, <laughs> Papa's secret recipe. Papa's smashing technique. We start with Michael N., who did not give this movie a star rating. There is no escaping this darkness. Hope died today. In a scene where I watched a man chew on sushi to traditional Chinese music for 45 Mm -hmm. seconds straight, I knew that humans were never meant to create. Let the end come soon. Oh, God. That scene that I tried to emulate during the opening. Beautifully recreated, if I'm being honest. Actually, more interestingly recreated. So, listeners, if you thought that was boring and overly long, that was more interesting than the actual scene. Yeah. And this movie had a lot of moments like that where, like, it just Mm kind of, like, the scene went on just, like, maybe, like, 30 seconds too long. And I think of the scene where they kiss for the first time, and I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? (laughs) They're just, like, staring at each other for a really long time, and then, like, they slowly go in, and then they stop again, and then they, like, slowly lean in, and then, like, he kisses her. 
and then she calls him mean and then the scene lasts for about 10 more seconds where they're just staring at each other and then it ends <laughs> and then the same thing with the sushi scene because he like puts it in his mouth and she watches him gag for like a good 15 <laughs> seconds yeah it is it is remarkable and like she goes through telling him what every piece of sushi mm-hmm. on the board is why what are we doing you know the scene where she explains i don't know every f- fucking breed of cat like I don't, it just says why are you explaining to us what every kind of sushi is yeah like, that all that scene needed to be is like oh i've never had sushi before oh you should try it i don't know here take this piece nom uh, i don't like it spits it out and well, then it, the scene's over the, the the him chewing it thing i get that they're going for like a comedic mm-hmm. bit and so like while it doesn't work for me i get it but like she goes through f- at least four different types of sushi and what they are and then ends with and this is this one which is my favorite and he goes oh i'll try that when she probably should just be like well my f- this is my favorite one and then he tries that and yeah. save us like 30 i mean it's only 30 seconds but it's still like what are we doing yep. here like i feel like corbin bernson just wanted to prove that he knew what all the types of sushi yeah maybe but i also think that because this is a christian mingle movie they're trying to capture a little like tiny like moments of like brevity or like unique moments that could happen in a real relationship or something mm-hmm. uh, it's very much screams like we're just like everyone yeah, else yeah which like Fair enough. You did literally call your movie Christian Mingle, the movie. Yeah. So you're kind of already kneecapping your argument. Yeah. And also, like, if they were trying to, like, form any sort of, like, realistic, like, dating thing, like, the the way, the things that happen in this movie are, like, way out, out of, and outer space. Yeah, we'll get to yeah. that. Uh, we'll get yeah. to that. This next one is from Daniel B., who gave uh, this movie half a star. And this one's a very short, sweet, and to the point review. It's like an infomercial for being a really sad, boring white person. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which I read read this review and just like, honestly, in my mind, I kind of just like nodded, Mm -hmm. like knowing like, yeah, that's it. That's pretty pretty much this movie. Like it's that is very accurate. (laughs) Also, like tonally, this movie is just very weird. (laughs) Yeah. When I was talking to Jesse about it, I made a point of how I like that. The movie made all of the, I guess, Christians, and I'm saying like in quotes because I'm not trying to blanket statement, but all of the Christians in this movie who were supposed to be coded as like the villains Mm -hmm. were the, I can quote anything, chapter and verse. But then like, and so it was like Lacey, the like everyday kind of pull pull someone off the street christian was supposed to be the hero except she was then kind of a shitty person Also made into the villain i think i i would say that uh lacy chalbert's character is supposed to be seen as the villain of the movie who reforms i don't know like i mean i think she's supposed to be the hero since she's the main character but like that's what i mean it's like tonally they made okay here are our villains and then they were like also though your hero is kind of a shitty person and i was extremely confused about who I was supposed to be rooting yeah, for. And that and I think that's the thing. We talked about Paul before, like like you could definitely take him as like him and like his family as being pretty shitty people, but you could also take them as being the people in the right because they're not lying right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I... not pretending to be like something they're not. So yeah. It's kind of a whirlwind tonally. Like it keeps you guessing. <laughs> Just like the Lord. Christian Mingle works in mysterious yeah. ways. 
All right, last one from Meredith S., who gave this half a star. I don't want to bash this movie completely because I loved Gwyneth, but frankly, she can do so much better than that jerk face of a guy, Paul. She was trying to get away from her normal type of guy, but she went right into another male-related trap. Paul was a two-faced, narcissistic jerk who only cared about himself. He literally told her that he never wanted to see her again. And then, as soon as he breaks up with his precious girlfriend that he thought was so much better than Gwen, he tries to be all romantic and show up in freaking Mexico. Like, no, Paul. You can't just do that. You caused caused days and weeks and maybe months of agony for her. She had to leave the country. She was so upset. And then you think you can just get her back? Well, in real life, that would not happen. It's not that easy, Paul. You suck, Paul. If I were Gwen, you know where you would be? Back in America, crying with your ruined reputation to your mama and papa that are jerk faces as well. Zero out of ten, would not recommend, and then an angry frowny emoticon. You know what I love about the scene in Mexico when he comes back and enters? Is that his hair's slightly longer, and he's wearing these very, like, casual, like, 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 yeah. <laughs> like the whole movie he's wearing these, like, very, like, well-to-do, like, kind of, like, business casual uh-huh. shirts, and then he, like, shows up. Uh, in Mexico with slightly longer hair and dressed very down and it's kind of a grease situation at the end with like where Sandy changes like everything that she (laughs) is for Danny and but not as musical or compelling (laughs) (laughs) I just like that this entire review is basically one per like this person being really fucking pissed off at Paul it's not a review of the movie it's just legitimately like i hate paul you suck on fictional dunking on paul also the it opens on that like that date that she has with that dude Mm -hmm. which also like from the get-go like i it was within that 30 seconds where i'm like oh this is gonna be a trip because he is like looking at these girls at the bar Openly. openly like just like very obviously looking at this like group of girls like very creepily at the bar while they're mm-hmm. having a conversation on their date and then he's like hold on i'm gonna go uh just to excuse me for a sec and then he goes over there and he's like in the middle of them like kind of like partying <laughs> yeah. it's just like what the hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, when does that relate or when does that ever happen in any any sort of <laughs> i'm sure some of our listeners have had that experience oh yeah i'm sure it does it just looked very weird it's like oh i'm gonna stare at these creepy people while i'm on this date where this person's talking at my face and then i'm gonna walk over to them and have a little party in the middle of them <laughs> it's very weird i don't i also just like the phrase like no paul that's a full sentence in this review she just hates Paul. All right. Uh, should we get a quick and dirty synopsis down and sure. then hit the trail running? So this movie opens up, as we mentioned, with uh, Lacey Chalbert's character, uh, Gwyneth, not Gwynny. Pointedly brought up at least twice. Yeah. On a date uh, with this sort of dude who uh, is very obviously not interested in her, in her and it just he ends up being a jerk and ends up dump, like kind of ditching her for some girls at a bar. And then she has... We see some of her life. She's she works at this marketing firm where she pretends to work. <laughs> she pretends to do stuff. I have no idea. I mean that yeah that that's because of the product that we'll get to in a minute. But I think her job is like coming up with branding pitches for branding item like stuff. Yeah, 
I think she's in marketing. Yeah, in she's she's definitely in marketing. It's just like I don't know what her role is necessarily besides like making shit up. It seems kind of like she's supposed to be Don Draper, yeah. Mad Men job. Like she comes up with the ad aspects and branding stuff. And she works for Stephen Tobolowski, the aforementioned Admiral themed boss. <laughs> and they're in a tizzy this time because a character whose last name I remember is Debona. <laughs> I don't remember his first yeah, name. Yeah, it's John O'Hurley. Yeah, it's played by John O'Hurley, who I'm pretty sure is cosplaying Paul yeah. Hollywood from Great British Bake Off. Totally. Like, I kept calling him John O'Hollywood <laughs> in the live vlog with Jesse because he just looked like he was... I couldn't not see him pretending to be Paul Hollywood, uh, who has claimed to f- have found a cure for male baldness that he has condensed into a pill. Yeah. And he's basically taking... Stephen Tobolowski's uh, business on like a tryout to see if they'll brand and market this product for them. And this is very much like the B story yeah. of the movie that doesn't really factor in like until at all. like it's part of her journey at the end, quitting her job because she doesn't believe in this product because it's obviously fake. And there's a weird scene where John O'Hurley confronts Gwyneth and is like, it's real. And he holds up this very fake picture of him being bald. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if it was supposed to be obviously photoshopped or if it was. I don't know if you're supposed to think that John O'Hurley is a like snake oil salesman or if he actually believes it. Sure. But the picture that he shows Gwyneth is very photoshopped, like very obviously sure. of him bald and then him with hair. And she's like, oh, OK, yeah, sure. But anyway, in this B story that doesn't really matter, we move on and Gwyneth seemingly is the last of her friends to get married Mm -hmm. and she feels pressured to find someone so after watching some very heavily product placement christian mingle ads and uh on her tv she decides to create a profile on christian mingle and eventually goes on a date with paul and she is very nervous going into it Mm -hmm. um overall like i don't think god comes up until the very end of the date and his belief and everything. Yeah, it's kind of sprinkled a little bit in because there's they like she prays over coffee in that mm-hmm. ever hilarious, extra long, overly awkward prayer scene that just that joke never gets old. Let me tell you. Yeah, they do it twice in this movie, and that's too too many times for me. Yeah, I think it's revealed after that. I don't remember when this scene is, but she we see her buying books like Christianity for Dummies. That is actually a book she buys. It sounds like a dumb bit Madison made up. Like, I don't know, like Christianity for Dummies. She legitimately buys the book Christianity for Dummies. And it's in that scene when I saw her buying that book where I actually had a little bit of hope for this movie because I was like, oh, I thought this was I thought that going into this movie, it was going to be about a Christian using Christian mingle when it was about. This person who doesn't really know much about Christianity using Christian people. Yeah. I thought that was I thought it was actually a pretty interesting like I thought it was gonna be pretty interesting, but it wasn't. No, there's <laughs> a thing I want to point out here. She doesn't buy a Bible. She buys Christianity for Dummies and apparently another for Dummies book based on like the the way the covers looked. She doesn't buy a Bible till later. She she's buying all this shit like I guess I'll fake it and does not buy a Bible. But to speed it up, they have the whole dating like romantic comedy thing where like she meets the parents blah 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 she's keeping this secret there's another girl that her mom prefers that paul be with Mm -hmm. eventually they go to mexico where they're on like a mission trip and gwyneth gets called out during like a bible study scene and the mom reveals it and paul is like how could you uh, kind of like 
you're you're just a faker. You're a liar. You're you're not being truthful with me. That's not that what that's not fair to me. That's not f- fair to anybody here. I want to defend Paul for a second. It it, it wasn't <laughs> as like openly like you're a faker and a liar. It was very much like a so help me understand what's going on. And at the end, it's like I think you should go because yeah, for sure and again like i know that i liked paul and maybe you didn't like paul as much which is fine but just the way you're like you're a liar and a faker it wasn't like accusatory it was very no, much no, like no. help me understand paul was my life raft in this movie <laughs> of like okay i'm in it for paul at this point because i like him so i i feel like i'm defensive it's a, like like i said i think there's like definitely some like there's things up in the air with mm-hmm. all the characters in this movie because sure. the who's the villain who's the hero who's right who's wrong in any of this i think that's that stuff mm-hmm. like that kind of like question is up in the air right um within this movie but paul asks her to leave she leaves and after she's sort of wallowing after the breakup that is when she decides to like you know what fuck this i try to fake it i'm going to actually read the bible i'm gonna try this and she start, starts going to church she has this journey where she finds jesus and she talks to Paul like two more times and uh, has that conversation, as we mentioned, mm-hmm. where she's like, you're with this other uh, woman because your mom and your dad and everyone expects you to. You're going through the motions. You're not following your own path. You should follow your own path. He says, um, that's your way out of line there. Uh, this is my life. Um, you're having this like 15 minute experience with Jesus. I've had this whole my whole life. I don't want to talk to you anymore. That puts her at a low point um, where she starts to ask God for help and guidance. And she receives a postcard in the mail from one of the little girls. She was she helped in Mexico during the mission trip. And she decides that, oh, I should go to Mexico and become a uh, English as a second language teacher. Yeah, I, which previously in the movie she establishes she doesn't speak Spanish. She does not speak Spanish. So she, uh, she she thinks it's a postcard. It's like, I should go to Mexico and teach, even though I do not speak Spanish at all. Yeah, and there's a scene during that classroom scene where mm-hmm. uh, this kid walks in and he starts uh, saying something to her in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And she's like, slow down. <laughs> she, or, and, and she tells him to speak in english yeah she she tells him to speak in english which makes me think that oh she still can't speak spanish oh no she, yeah it's like, <laughs> yeah and he tells her to go to the church very quickly like you're, we, you need to go to the church right now and she does and paul is there he's broken up with the girl that his parents wanted him to be with and they they smooch and they're going to be together forever the end there's a still shot at the end of them paul proposing to her at mm-hmm. one point. So that's what happens. That's where the movie lore is up to date. Our turns to carry this boat for another leg, another journey. So I'm going to open the floor with a pitch that I, uh, an idea that I've been, I've been mulling over just as like, just for the introduction. I haven't given it any more thought than this. I think John Hurley's character is either the devil or God. Originally, I thought he was the devil because it was such a clearly weird fake product. And I was also trying to inject some kind of weird extra layer into this movie. But in retrospect, watching it again for this episode, I thought, well, no, because he makes her quit her job and find God. I was like, maybe it's God, like, intervening in her life. It could be taken either way. It's like That's what I mean. It's, at first, I thought it was the devil because he was peddling this very fake bald cure. And, like, it, it could be like, oh, this was a test by god in placed or this is the devil trying to tempt her 
I think the more exciting angle is that he's the devil for sure. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, definitely. And I'm I don't know if you had any uh, ideas coming off of this very inspiring movie. <laughs> I have no idea where to go though. Like we could do John O'Hurley as the devil, but what does that even mean? <laughs> Originally in my brain I had thought that this might be our first trilogy mm-hmm. and then we could build on that idea in a weird cosmic thing, but it that ended up not happening, which is fine. So I'm I don't know, but... What if we introduced uh, John O'Hurley as... Maybe we should do different characters, because I feel like their story has, like, come to pass. And I don't know, like, unless we're going to try to ruin their relationship somehow, which we could try to. I mean, in the ghost episode, Into the Woods, Jackson did set the precedent that it's not quite a sequel if it doesn't have a lot of the same character, or doesn't have some of the same characters. That's true. I mean, which is the reason I lost that episode to you was because you had more returning characters than I did. So maybe bitterly, I'm clinging to that as a fine. Fuck you. That's the parameters. <laughs> that's what we're doing. But I'm okay yeah. with. I, I maybe I think we need some some logical connection. This needs to be a continuation in some form and not just a side story. Yeah. So we can have new characters, but so they are married now. Mm-hmm. maybe they're getting ready to have kids maybe that's an angle we could take so i'm gonna put this out there easter and christmas are big christian holidays that we could mm-hmm. build something around okay easter egg hunt or i just mean we can use that as a crutch or a crux for a christian themed movie sequel mm-hmm. it could be like their first christmas as a married couple and Satan comes knocking. I don't know, but like that's a an easily okay. accessible Christian angle that we could build something off of, be it ridiculous or more down to earth, which is not okay. our usual fare. What if um it's Gwyneth and Paul hosting Christmas a Christmas party at their house, mm-hmm. and we go maybe a little bit of a like National Lampoon's vacation type thing? Yes, that I have seen. Definitely. Okay. Have you seen any of the vacation movies? I have not. All right. It's basically like Chevy Chase's character dealing with his like weird family. Sure. I mean, um, I'm familiar so... enough then with that aspect of the franchise, but I've never really watched any mm-hmm. of the movies. And we could have those people, Gwyneth and Paul, in like hosting this party, and maybe they're hosting this like maybe like stay over weekend. Mm-hmm. Someone as a ruse to try to set up one of their friends with someone else. Hmm. and because i'm thinking of the dating i'm thinking about like the love story you know like we got to keep like, we got to keep the romance in it what if yeah. to give paul and gwyneth something to do although what if we, oh man what if we make this basically christian mingle much ado about nothing the shakespeare play i'm not familiar with that one basically everybody's like there's people who are in love and there's a whole thing about that but then there's these two characters uh, benedict and beatrice who are depending on your interpretation like they like each other but it's very much a love hate like they pick at each other a lot and the other guests are like i have an idea what's a fun game let's make them fall in love and then they do okay so paul has a guy and gwyneth has a friend they each have friends that they're trying to set up Mm -hmm. and through various like meet cute situations and they keep setting up these meet cute situations throughout the party and like maybe they have like a few games few like events they try to sit them next to each other during dinner Mm -hmm. and and so for some reason 
John O'Hurley's character is there and he's just like ruining it. <laughs> like, what if John O'Hurley is playing, like, if we're playing like the devil angle and like he is like the epitome of trying to ruin this thing, maybe he's a weird uncle that's not playing the same character. If we wanted the same character, I have an idea that maybe it's something to do with the business that she left. Maybe the Admiral is having some big birthday to do and he invited her because she was an old friend like she's a friend and an old uh employee so she and paul show up and it's it's an over weekend thing it's not it doesn't have to be christmas or whatever what if it's the admiral's daughter that could work yeah or the admiral's son it could be either or yeah but my point is they're there as guests of this thing and that would explain then why john O'Hurley's paul hollywood cosplay is there because he's a customer and maybe a somewhat friend. He's like, I hope you didn't mind us uh, inviting uh, Debona. His last name Debona. is Debona. Which, yeah. Whatever. Just, it's it's there on the table. Yeah. Pick at it as you may. Pick at the Debona. Um, <laughs> hey, stop picking at your Debona, please. Let's let's just de- yeah. let's s- decide. Do we want to do? They're hosting like a Christmas thing, and John. John O'Hurley is in it as a different character or is it same character and probably like the Admiral's throwing some kind of bash two day 4th of July bash or something whatever like I like that like if they're setting it up I think it would make more sense to have it as their party yeah I agree I really would like to get Debona in there somewhere I don't know why I like I don't know why it happens but I mean they uh, could invite the old boss and he plus ones Debona (laughs) A plus one's Debona. That's really great because they're like super cool buddies now. They're yeah. like best friends. And then, or at least that's what the Admiral thinks. Yeah. Or Debona's got some new thing and the Admiral's yeah. trying to get that business too. So he brings yeah. him along. So who are the two characters that they're trying to set up? I like the idea um, that it's just friends. I don't think we need friends. to tie them into the family more. Maybe. Oh, what about Kel-Kel? Kelsey or whatever. The, the, the girl that Paul's family wanted him to end up with. Okay. Let's let's get her a man or woman. Hey. That oh, yeah. dare we? And Christian Mingle the movie too. I mean, can uh, anyone? Are there any other couples accepted on Christian Mingle besides? That's fair. I like, doubt it. Like I, that's, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna phrase that. That's not fair. That's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. All right, so let's we'll do a we'll say man just okay because I mean we're not gonna get Corbin back if we don't probably so for all I know Corbin Burton is a very accepting person. Don't at him about this. I mean, he's he's cool and psych. Yeah, I'm just, personal beliefs. I don't know if yeah. he's down with. Well, that's the thing. Like on psych, he like. I'm sorry, this is a sidebar. When I saw him and show up in Christian Mingle, and I didn't know he was the director, or he was. Uh, I didn't really know his name. I didn't know like he was a bigger part of this movie besides just being in it. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I like that guy. And I still I don't hate him because of this movie. I don't despise him either. It's just like somewhat disappointing that he made a bad movie so i think that this to hold just to to bring up the much ado about nothing angle a lot of that is people having pointed like private conversations in quotes like loud private conversations within earshot of the two people that they're trying to get together about Mm -hmm. how the other person has talked about how they can't sleep they're so in love and they wouldn't you know there's the secret love. And at one point they write, or no, they don't. They find poems that they wrote about each other after their plan had kind of worked. Uh, so that okay. could be a thing of like Gwyneth and Paul 
or Gwyneth and her now stepmother loudly, privately in quotes, talking about how this guy is just crazy about Kel Kel. Yeah. What's guy's name? Let's give guy a name. Could it, can it be guy? Guy, guy, the guy. Luke. Just picked a disciple. <laughs> or if we want a good comedy bit, Simon Peter. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, listeners don't know much about the Bible. <laughs> uh, we could call him Jude. Jude. I think that's a cool name. Jude and Cal Cal. <laughs> no, um, that's one of my favorite 80s bands, like duos. Jude and Cal Jude Cal. And Cal. Okay. Paul knows Jude from... What if what if Gwyneth knows Jude from Mexico? Gwyneth knows Jude for, like maybe he's a um, like another person who's done the uh, what's it called that they were doing there a mission uh, trip a mission trip yeah maybe he's uh, Peace Corps or something or I mean or just is from Mexico he could be yeah so she she knows him and they decide that they're gonna set up Jude and I think Kelsey is her name but Kelly or what? Kelsey or something yeah it's like Kelly I'm pretty Kelly. sure it's Kelly. Yeah. I just don't really want to keep calling her Kel-Kel. So Jude and Kel-Kel. So I like the idea of setting up little situations where they have to think about each other as like, oh, they're trying to like guide them to meet, mm-hmm. but it has to happen naturally, but it's happening very unnaturally. Yeah, you know? I think that maybe when they first meet, there is like a spark, but Kelly is like resisting it, maybe because like she still wants to end up with Paul. Maybe. I think it's I think it's weird if they're just like, oh, no, they should be together. Let's fucking make it happen. I think there needs to be like a clearly they're they're both into it. But what, like one of them or both of them are pulling back and we need to yeah. break down that wall. What if there's like a scene where they know like Kelly is like still still getting over Paul and Quinny is like, oh, man, why? To be honest, Paul sucks. Oh, <laughs> like, Damn. Or just like. Uh, he's not that great, you know. Like I like I like the shorter hair, to be honest. <laughs> to be like really like fake shit. Oh, like, okay. Just, I thought like, you were about, like legitimately like, lining no, up. Like, no, no. Like Gwyneth obviously, out. obviously fake shit. Sure. And maybe like Kelly's like, hey, that's really sweet of you, but I'm very happy for both of you. It's just you know, it's hard getting over someone, mm-hmm. you know. And I think you talked about the letters, mm-hmm. like the letters that they find. Uh, that inspired me to like, what if they plant bibles with like certain verses like highlighted Ooh, that kind of like are supposed to hint at the other person or something i like that a lot actually like i said i don't know my bible very good and i don't want to make something up because i feel like that's shitty but like if there's something some sort of maybe like the path uh, the path currently maybe the one you seek or something or sure i mean there's there's also just there's a lot of quotes about love in the bible and stuff i mean so it, it, i i get what you're saying i don't think we need to go into detail there yeah i think that that's a good aspect uh i think there's a lot of overheard conversations like purposefully overheard conversations yeah what's what's the, like the wrench that gets thrown in to the the grenade in the lemonade if you will oh i think it's john o'hurley's character being like a He's. I, I feel like he's like the the weird uncle or something mm-hmm. at this at this event. Does he maybe have interest in Kelsey or Kelly? Maybe I think he does. Yeah, and he's like, I don't know if he has like a like if she actually has an interest in him. Oh, I don't think she does at all. But I think he interrupts like their flirtation enough that like the spark can't build. You know. Well, I think at some point it's like full steam ahead. Things are going great, and then he like he does something 
that derails it like completely. Yeah. Um, because he's Satan. I think we keep that subtext still, like the first movie did. That he's canonically Satan, but they're just not going to say it. Yeah. What if he uh, has a bunch of his hair pills still that at this point have been um, <laughs> uh, banned by the FCC? <laughs> um, FCC FDA, does like cursing on TV. And yeah, nudity. sorry, sorry. <laughs> or the CDC. Mm-hmm. How about the CDC? Sure. And because they like made people sick hardcore and... He puts a bunch of them in Jude's drink, Jesus. and it makes him super sick, and it gives him, like, really bad tummy tummy aches. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, that's... I was thinking something more like a thing he says, or... Oh, yeah, you know that they've just been... Le- you know that, like, Gwyneth and Paul have been le- putting those... Bi- highlighting those Bibles and laying them around. Like, he... In my mind, I wasn't thinking incapacity. Like, I'm not against the idea. I think that the the thing needs to be much more overcoming mm-hmm. this like break of trust or whatever more than like oh this is all yeah. fake well then fuck that like not necessarily yeah. like i'm in the hospital now i think um we could do like the the stomach ache thing maybe he does that really early mm-hmm. um in the movie he's just trying to like get jude out of the running or out of the out of the game or mm-hmm. like out of the room and but paul and gwenny and their parents are still trying to coordinate this thing and General Hurley finds out about it, and towards the end, it's just like, I don't think General Hurley knows at first, but then he finds out that that's happening, and then that's when he, like, um, when they are, like, actually starting to, like, actually fall in love, and they have, like, a, a few really good moments about it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, I just have to tell you something. I have to get something off my chest. They're they're fabricating this whole thing. Yeah. None of this was real. Yeah. He uh, maybe he brings. He says the like I said. Like my the take I've always wanted to see with much ado is that they're not actually in love. Like mm-hmm. they're but they're very good friends. And it's like, well, I don't want to crush my good friends, so I guess I'll just go along with it. But they're both doing yeah. that. Maybe he says like, Jude just like like doesn't want to hurt you so he's just like faking it and he tells jude the same thing about kelly so now like that's one way he tries to break it up is like no they don't love you like but they think that you love them or they know that you love them and they don't want to hurt you okay and so they like both separate they try to call it off individually and now it's like bringing them back together because now they actually are in love yeah man i would watch this movie i would watch this movie yeah it's like strategic dating <laughs> like like yeah, setting up people stratego the dating movie yeah i'm cool with that um i think we need to have a resolve at the end where they like at least maybe they maybe they don't get together but like they have like how does it end up good in the end i would say i mean if we want to tie it back into a a somewhat religious theme whatever of like paul and um jude and gwyneth and kelly like they're having individual conversations and basically like no like they're really into you like they i don't know he was lying and they're like okay but what if you're wrong and there's just like an element of like it's faith you have to try like you just have to take this leap of faith and and just come out and say i do love you mm-hmm. and then hope that and just you have to decide who you're going to trust and take a leap of faith on this and that brings faith in and that could be enough i have this <laughs> scene in my head where maybe part of this party or something there's maybe they go to church towards the end Mm -hmm. my uh my family always does like midnight service on christmas eve where they like do Mm -hmm. like a 
a prayer are you, are you familiar like i know of it i yeah so like midnight service you um it's it's like a regular church service you uh sing a lot of stuff or you're sing, you, you sing a lot of songs and mm-hmm. you light candles at the end and you blow them out what if uh they both go into that part of the night sort of like pissed off at each other and then gwyneth tells Kelkels or Ke- kelly sorry no that's fine you can uh, say it if you want i just i don't want to and uh, she tells him no no he he really lo- he really likes you like he this is all real but uh paul doesn't ha- get to have that moment with jude or anything mm-hmm. or jude is like still kind of mad about it and he's about to leave and during one of the songs maybe they're singing oh Her- holy night kelly gets up there and she starts singing and it like catches his attention and do you know what i'm talking about okay are you getting, are you getting what? what i'm putting down yeah i have i have an idea okay what if Kelly is slated to sing Holy Night, and she gets up there, and, and, and your scene, as you say, like Gwyneth has her talk with with Kelly. Paul doesn't get to have his talk with Jude because John O'Hurley's character maybe somehow intercepts him. Yeah, and she gets up to sing, and Jude gets up to leave, and she sees him leaving, and she starts singing Hey Jude instead. Oh God. Okay. Yes, that's good. I also like the idea that this scene is happening while like a sort of live. A manger scene is happening, and like a yes. like a like a manger play is happening, and um, oh shit! Maybe Jude, Gwyneth, um, the parents, Admiral are like all playing like characters in this in this thing. I I have a amendment to my idea I'd like to make. Go ahead. Gwyneth is doing the singing, and so and Jude's starting to leave, and she like realizes that this isn't gonna work, so she starts singing "Hey Jude" because it's like "Hey Jude." Don't be afraid, blah, blah, blah. Remember to let her into your heart. And all yeah. this, and so he stops and like and then like Kelly like gets up out of the piece and is like looking at him and they like eye contact and nodding, like, oh yeah, we are. Like, you love me? And she nods and like back and forth. And I think that, that could be a What if Kelly in is in this manger scene and she's the angel and she's being raised down on like a cray? <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. And uh, he's seeing this, and it's, like, quite elaborate. I think maybe, like, I like the idea that most of the rest of the family is in the manger scene as well. And, like, then, like, the mom picks up the song as well. Like, and so the whole family in the manger scene starts singing, hey, Jude. And then Paul is, like, at the party, he's like, Judy, 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 Judy. Yeah, he gets up. He's in the hey, pews. Hey, Judy, Judy, And Judy, he, like, Judy. stands up. Judy, 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 Judy. <laughs> The whole church is like singing the song. That's the the congregation. And then they're they're doing the candles. They're like doing like a like like okay. This is a great movie. It's great. Corbin Bird said, "Call us, please." It's perfect. Okay, and I think that that that's great. So we need we need some kind of finish with the John O'Hurley aspect. Maybe Steven Tobolowski drops him as a client. <laughs> I think maybe he tries to fuck this up somehow and Steven Tobo asks Steven Tobolowski, the, the admiral. admiral uh, <laughs> uh General Hurley tries to like cut the mics or something mm-hmm. and Steven Tobolowski like find like sees him doing it and he stops him. See, I think that also maybe it's it's more of a prolonged thing where he gets roped in as like the sidekick to John O'Hurley's yeah. weird shit and at the end he's like, "No, like you're piece of trash dude like i don't want to do business with you anymore yeah maybe towards the beginning he's i mean we can make him very shitty and be like oh you helped me get a date with kelly 
and I'll consider signing on to your firm again. Yeah, or something he's very like, like obsequious at the beginning of like just like doing whatever John yeah. O'Hurley wants to get this contract, and then like as the movie goes on, he's becoming more and more like uncomfortable and not liking what he's finding out. And then at the end, he's emboldened to just shit can his ass. Yeah, I think that's good. Do we want to create a few more scenes for the middle? of the movie maybe just like small little th- like meat cutes that they were trying to set up that get dunked on by john o'hurley's character maybe there's like a dinner scene mm-hmm. uh, maybe that's where the the pill thing can come in where they he gives them tummy aches sure i think i think you're the what you laid out's a good idea is he just kind of like maybe he like yeah. breaks the capsule open into the drink or something because there is a scene in the first movie a very wild scene that maybe you should just if you can find just that scene it's gwyneth basically improving ad ideas and at one point she's pouring the pills over steven tobolowski's head talking about like rain from heaven yeah heaven heaven rain yeah they get in his drink and he fishes them out and they're just this like weird pulpy mess so I think if he like broke the pills in, otherwise this guy would just be like, oh, why is my wine chunky or whatever? So I think that that works. I think your your lineup of like try to get him basically just upset stomach so he's out of the way Yeah. for that night. Uh, I think there's something, I don't know, I have this idea of a scene with like coffee. Jude comes down in the morning and they're like, oh no, we're all like, a, there's coffee in the kitchen if you want. And like somehow they've, they've made it so that Kelly's just alone in the kitchen. But, but like, they're going, they're like bending over backwards and like, it's not subtle, I think, here yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. I have a slight edit to the uh, the dinner scene. Okay. I like the idea of like General Hurley going into the kitchen and trying to, maybe he has his Jude's plate or his drink, but he doesn't know which one it is. So he like puts it in all of them, <laughs> like accidentally. And yeah. so he makes like everybody sick. <laughs> I like that. Uh, in the morning during the breakfast scene. Maybe he could just like show up out of nowhere and just he just won't stop talking to them, like mm-hmm. get or giving them like two moments alone. Yeah, I mean they need a like little moments here and there yeah. to actually. But I know what you, I know what you mean. Like I think right as we're getting somewhere with a scene, they had a cute moment, and maybe one of them is going to make a move. That's when Uncle mm-hmm. Hurley shows up, and yeah. All right, so one more. I think I think it should be out of the house. Yeah, I mean there's always the cute snowball fight. Because it is around, we say like Christmas. Uh, it could be them setting up for the big church. Like the, the, the play, the nativity play, the midnight service could be the like end goal of the weekend. Like the thing that everybody's getting ready for, like the big game or whatever. Like, What if outside the church, uh, this is just a plot device sure. thing um, that was actually used in Groundhog's Day, I'm pretty sure. But uh, See Groundhog's Day too, Larry's Inferno in our back catalog. Yeah. Uh, like there's maybe there's like a, like ice sculptures. Okay. Um, outside of like the manger scene or like a cross or something and they paired jude and kelly up to like carve one of them i don't know sure or i mean like they could pair them up with like making the bouquets for this or like i, I know what you mean like yeah i think that pairing yeah. them up for some task and then i don't know does that's one where they uncle o'hurley can't get his get his hands yeah. in uh, but he tries to, yeah, but he's somehow like, he's, he fails. I think by that point, Gwen and Paul are onto his game. And so they, yeah. they managed to thwart him there. I was also thinking of like some sort of sledding thing. And uh, they pair them up in one sled and everything. And then John O'Hurley just hops in. He's like, okay, let's go. <laughs> it's like, God damn it. But maybe then John O'Hurley falls out of the sled 
and then it continues on. That's good. I think that's enough. I think so. I think we. I mean, we got the big final scene. Yeah, we got the the relationship. I think we got the romance right. I don't know. I think I think we we got enough. I I think I think as the characters in the movie are trying to do, mm-hmm. they we're just trying to get it to spark. Like yeah. from here on, like who knows what happens? I, you know. I I think um, our pitches are better, especially with riffs, when we get the big ideas and like the detail yeah. work is neat to have, but not as important as like the themes and the bare like the the basic here to here to here. And not as much like, and this is everything that happens in that scene. Yeah. But I think that's good enough, like, to mm-hmm. leave it off. Like, obviously, at the end of the movie, they're together and they're, like, hugging as Hey Jude is playing. Mm-hmm. But Maybe uh, they're even kissing. Maybe they're even kissing and hugging. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to um, get this out of the way for people who are wondering. I'm not going to put this movie in my Avengers team up. There's no after credit scenes. There's no after credit scenes. But Samuel L. Jackson is in attendance at the the church service. Just yeah, not as Nick Fury. Actually, yeah, as Nick Fury. But it's not; they're not in the Avengers at all. Nick Fury just goes to this church. We could do an after credit scene where Nick Fury is like Debona, and he's like, "Yeah," he's like, "We don't want you. You're deboned," and he shoots him. And he just shoots him. Sorry, guys, we just spoiled the end of the next Avengers movie. Yeah. It's Nick Fury shooting John O'Hurley. Yeah, yeah, I think we did it. Yeah, I'm good. I'm happy with it. I'm 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 content with that. The Hey Jude scene at the end, I'm legitimately like, damn, that's fucking fire. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's good. Great. All right. Well, I think that's credits on another episode of the Equalizers. Madison Jones, tell the people where they can find us. People can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and now new today that we just got the notification we're Booyah. on spotify one shot one Booyah. kill yeah boo yeah boo yeah just uh go on down to the podcast river and catch yourself a big old equalizers episode create an account on a dating website say looking for some audio erotic asphyxiation and then i'm going to hurl that pun is so audio oh erotic asphyxiation and then search the equalizers in the browser bar and then swipe right i feel legitimately sick and i don't know why (laughs) you can get in contact with us (laughs) on facebook and twitter at the equalizers gmail at equalizers at gmail.com instagram uh the underscore equalizers um I'm sure this one was a doozy. You can also find us on Rotten Tomatoes at King Dwarf. One word, sixty-nine. Yeah, we didn't do in this. We didn't do it in this episode. No, but you but... can find our previous masterpieces there. Special thanks on our th- opening and closing music, Rock Thing. Go to Creo. You can find their work at www.creo-music.com. Uh, so. We're going to be starting something new in the next few weeks. Uh, We'll get into it more when we start it. um, I mentioned this back a few weeks ago now. I don't remember the exact episode. Um, Oh, it's Trolls 2. Yeah. Uh, I I brought it up. Next week, I'm going to be pitching alone. Um, It's going to... (coughs) It's going to be doing um, Speed Racer, I think. (coughs) Can I take it again? No, sorry. Something's caught my throat. It's a... Challenge! Oh, what? Equalizers challenge!
Revenge. That's right, gang. Next week's not Speed Racer. Next week's going to be a Madison Jones special Equalizers Challenge. Fuck. All right, Madison. It's time to return service on the Lizzie McGuire movie 2, Who Done It? Uh, frequent listeners to the Equalizers podcast um, at random moments in our series, uh, we can challenge the other person to do a movie with some sort of stipulation on the top of it, as mm-hmm. in the Lizzie McGuire movie that I made Mike do, mm-hmm. uh, but it had to be a murder mystery. Because Madison challenged me last time, they were unable to challenge me again until I challenged them, which I am doing now. And Madison, I gave this a lot of thought to something just difficult, I think. You wanted to make this challenge challenging? I did. I wanted to really test your equalizing limits. And so what I need from you for next time is a sequel or prequel of your choice, whichever one you choose, to The Truman Show. Mm -hmm. However, there is a stipulation. It has to be a crossover with the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Okay. Man. I am... I've been sitting on that nugget for a little while, mm-hmm. and I am very excited to see what happens. Trolls 2, when we were going to do it the night, I, I cut this out of the episode, I'm pretty sure, uh, that I texted Madison about Vampire's Kiss, and we agreed we weren't going to do it. And I said, pick literally any movie, because it's the night before, and I know you're busy, and we can do it, thinking that you would pick a movie that you'd seen like a hundred times. And you said, what about the Truman Show? It's on Netflix. And I thought, oh, shit. Like, I know I need, I need to wait a few more episodes before I challenge. And so I, I said, I have plans for the Truman Show, if you wouldn't mind, I mind doing something else. And that's why. Because okay. this is where it was leading the whole time. Damn. And I cannot wait. This is the, maybe the most excited I've ever been. <laughs> well, if I don't see you on the other side of this uh, pitch... Good. I wish I could uh-huh. do the quote. <laughs> hold on, hold on, let, me, let me look it up real fast. This is staying in the episode. Well, in case I don't see you on the other side of the pitch, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. All right, gang, with that, for the Equalizers, I'm Madison Jones. I'm Mike Knoll. Judy, 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 Judy. To be continued.